0: It's the dictionary. It's dictionary. It's the dictionary. It's dictionary. It's the dictionary. It's the dictionary. It's the di- it's dictionary. It's dictionary. Hello word nerds. Hey word nerds, what's up with you? Oh, it is uh it is August 4th, 2023, 7:05 a.m. I'm in my work office. Hey everybody, how you doing? Happy Friday to me and you. Uh, let's let's uh, do the pluggy things here at the beginning you can email me if you want to get a hold of me in any way the email way the email way it's the only way dictionarypod at gmail.com if you want to follow me on social media it is at dictionarypod on instagram and to x X and threads who knows if x and threads are even going to survive any of this and I what, do what, what's with the other things there's this blue sky and mammoth or whatever the hell they're called I don't know. social media is a weird weird world uh, and then there's a Facebook page. everybody says it's only grandparents that are on Facebook but we know that that's not true uh, but yes I'm still on Facebook uh, the, the dictionary you can go find it on Facebook if you want to do that uh you can. Follow this show. Subscribe to it on whatever podcast platform thing you like. Uh, Make sure you get those automatic downloads if you're the downloading kind of person. Uh, Subscribe. Share it. Share it. Please share it. Tell everybody about it. Um, What else? Rate and review. If uh, if you got the Apple Podcasts or any other podcast thing that uh, does the rating and the reviewing, please go do that. It would make me feel great. Uh, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. I've been a bit better about putting up some, some regular... Not regular. Just I'm just trying to, trying to put some more videos up there. So uh, go subscribe to that to find some silly videos. Uh, what are the other things? You can join the Patreon if you want to give me a little bit of money every month. Uh, $1 a month gets you very early episodes. Ooh, that reminds me. I need to start posting those because in in three days from now... Uh, the first episode of the Ease is uh, is gonna post for the public. It's already been up on Patreon for months, a long time. Uh, so I gotta start getting the um, the rest of the episodes up there. The you've are, this is all airing. It doesn't matter to you. Why am I talking about something that's in the past for you? But yeah, I gotta get going on that. Uh, what else? uh patreon uh merchandise there's a t public link in the show notes if you want to buy some merchandise there is a google voice number in the show notes you can call it and leave a message and tell me if if it's okay for me to put it in the show uh, in an episode a future episode i would love to do that that would be great uh, if you got a joke, come up with a joke for any word through the end of the alphabet. Send me a joke through email, only email, please. And then I will save it and I will say your joke and credit you uh, when I get there. All right, we got a bunch of words in this episode because I, I moved a couple of them from the previous episode to this episode. So, oh, and then on Patreon, uh, if you want to see video of this, whatever this is, uh, $5 a month on the Patreon You can see videos of all this. I don't know how interesting it would be, but I think it adds another level. I try and look at the camera a lot. I do a lot of hand motions and facial reactions and things like that. No props yet. We'll see. Maybe costumes and wigs someday. We'll see. We'll see. All right. The first word in this episode is the first form of the word Egyptian. This is a short E-G-Y section. Egyptian is spelled capital E. G-Y-P-T-I-A-N. And I remember um, in, what was it, I think, 8th grade, 7th or 8th grade, we were studying Egypt in our social studies class or whatever it was called. And um, I just remember thinking that when you write it, especially in cursive but even regular, there are three letters in a row that all go under the line. The G, the Y, the P, I don't know why i noticed that but it's just it's kind of a it's an interesting word the y is a vowel in that case but it just feels very consonant heavy okay egyptian adjective from the 14th century of relating to or characteristic of egypt or the egyptians that's that's egyptian is it is are you talking about an egyptian person then it is egyptian oh i gotta come up with a sound effect um well i mean to be honest all these egyptian words well actually should we do that should we do that let's see is there is there an egyptian sound effect that i can make that would not be offensive in any way i don't i can't even think of one um i mean the first thing that comes to mind is like but that doesn't seem like a great one to do um i'm i'm gonna do i'm gonna do meh because I like that, that word, that phrase, and uh, it might be connected to something later. Okay. The second, if you don't know, the sound effect uh, says that word is done. Here comes the next word, and here comes the next word. The second form of Egyptian is a noun from the 14th century. One, a native or inhabitant of Egypt. Two, the Afro-Asiatic language ...of the ancient Egyptians from earliest times to about the 3rd century AD. That phrase, the earliest times, is very vague. What does that even mean? Well, it probably means the earliest times of the Egyptian language, whenever that was invented. It doesn't say uh, a time, a, a B.C. time, B.C.E., whatever, whatever we're using now, uh, so... From the beginning of Egypt up until the 3rd century AD, so that would be the 200s, and that would be, you know, right now we're in 2023, so that was about 1,800 years ago, 1,800 years ago, give or take. So does that mean that the Egyptian language, this Afro-Asiatic language—oh, so it's specifically talking about the ancient Egyptian. So what happened— in the third century A.D., that does that have a different name? Uh, I don't know. There, let's see if um, number three has something to do with that. But it is interesting. Like, do they not speak Egyptian now? What do they speak? I would think it would be Egyptian. I don't know. Number three. This one is often not capitalized. This is a typeface having. Little contrast between thick and thin strokes and squared serifs. Okay, this is a font? I don't know if I can think in my head, imagine in my head what this font is. So I'm going to do a quick little Google search. Okay, okay, interesting. So uh, I'll I'll maybe post a picture on social media of this. Um, Oh, well, that wasn't helpful at all. That's just a whole bunch of fonts that are sort of related to egypt in some way um there is this one font though that is um so what is the description there's no there's little contrast between thick and thin strokes and squared serifs so this one font i found maybe it is it's it basically just looks like it's all made up of rectangles so like the a is just a big block this way and then this way and then this way and then there's not a lot of, I don't know, it's just it's just sort of like a bunch of blocks sort of dropped together to create these very sort of squared off uh, letters. I don't know if that's the one they're talking about. I might need to do a little bit of extra digging, but I think that might be it. Yeah, it's very line line based, I guess. Um, so I guess that's the Egyptian font. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, Back to the language, Afro Asiatic language. So Egypt is in Africa. So that seems like that's where the Afro part comes in. Asiatic, well, Egypt is in the northeast part of Africa. So it's very close to the Middle East area, which is, you know, in that sort of Asiatic continent. I mean, it's probably technically on Asia, I would guess. I, I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it must be. Um, so that's that's the sort of region uh, of, of Egypt. Um, what, what to say about Egypt? I, I never studied Egypt, really. Um, we did do a whole section, like I said, in my social studies class in junior high. Um, we got to learn a lot. We got to learn about, you know, of course, the things that stick out to a 12-year-old is, uh, 12 or 13-year-old is, you know, when they were um, getting a body ready for mummification, they would pull out all the organs. They would pull out the brain through the nose with a long hook tool. And that, of course, that just blew all of our minds wide open. Whoa, this is, what, how? Crazy. Uh, they, were, they were very smart. They were doing science thousands of years ago, things that you know, I think pro- the rest of the world uh, learned about later. Uh, they were building the pyramids in this very smart scientific way am I correct I heard that when the the pyramids were being built uh, mammoths were still roaming the earth is that true I don't know might have to look that up but I I feel like I've heard that that's true Um, what else about Egypt we are fascinated by it because because why because they they had this culture uh, so many thousands of years ago and uh, they, they were doing the mummification, the pyramids, and they had all these interesting things. And their their language, the hieroglyphics, is this sort of really interesting, fascinating way to put language on these tablets. I mean, how people figured out what those images mean uh, is, is amazing. Um, I never learned how to read it. I guess they probably did teach us some of them in junior high. Of course, I don't remember... Um, but yeah it's it's a fascinating culture and um, you know you can go to museums the field museum in Chicago has a whole egypt section you can go see the mummies they have uh, mummified animals like cats and alligators and other things um, you know they would hide via the the pharaohs and all of their uh, all of their wealth in Inside these caverns, inside of the pyramids, they were they were hidden, so you couldn't find them. And then, of course, people had to go in and rob their graves and take all the stuff because, oh, greed, yay. Um, anyway, it's it's an interesting culture, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know a whole lot about the details because I didn't really ever study it. But Egypt and all the Egyptian things. Uh, but we got we got some more Egyptian words. Meh sounds like I don't care about Egyptian words. That's not the case. It's just a sound effect. Okay, the next one is Egyptian alfalfa weevil. A fantastic combination of three words. Egyptian alfalfa weevil. Noun from 1943. An old world weevil. Try to say that ten times fast. An old world weevil that is now a pest of alfalfa in western North America. So they came from Egypt, and now they're over here in the western North America. How did they get all the way over here? The species name is Hypera brunipensis, brunipensis. Uh Yeah, maybe uh, if this looks interesting, I will post a picture on social media of the Egyptian alfalfa weevil. That little pest. Meh. Next is Egyptian clover. Two words. Noun from circa 1900. The synonym is berseem, B-E-R-S-E-E-M. I mean, do we do we need to go do a, a quick look back for berseem? Let's see. We found that page pretty fast, didn't we? Uh, what what is what is berseem? Mm-mm-mm, here we go. Uh oh, it is a succulent annual clover. Yep, in the Nile Valley. So that's the Nile. Queen of Denial in Egypt. I've never seen uh, the, that Cleopatra movie from what was it, the 50s maybe? Uh, I should watch that sometime. Meh. Egyptian cotton, two words, noun from 1877. A fine, long staple. A long staple. There's a hyphen there, so it's it's a one thing. A fine long staple, often somewhat brownish cotton. A fine long staple, often somewhat brownish cotton, grown chiefly in Egypt. That's it. Egyptian cotton. It's cotton in Egypt. Egyptian cotton. Meh. Next is Egyptology, capital E G Y P T. O-L-O-G-Y, noun from 1841, the study of Egyptian antiquities. There's a lot of those. There are so many things that people can study. Their whole jobs are Egyptology. I think there was an episode of Ologies, the podcast Ologies, where she had on somebody who was, it wasn't Egyptology, but I believe if I remember correctly, it was bread, It was Egyptology bread making or something like that. Maybe I'm mixing things up, but I think that's what it was. I can't remember the specific phrase. Egyptological. Egyptological. That is an adjective. And Egyptologist is a noun. Okay. Okay, that was the end of the EGs. No more EG words. Now we have a short EH section. Meh. The first one is pronounced either A or E or A? The pronunciation guide says it shows the letter A and then I in parentheses. So is that I? I don't know. It also does say here in italics, also with the letter H, preceding and or with nasalization. So I think you would say like A? Eh, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what it's trying to tell me there. This is an interjection from the 13th century. Eh, I mean yeah, when I see eh, that's what it is, eh. I would just say eh. Eh. But not always. So this is used to ask for confirmation or repetition or to express inquiry, and it is used especially in Canadian English in anticipation of the listener's or reader's agreement. Uh, and so, you know, this this is A. That's that's how uh, it's usually pronounced in this context. And I think that's where that pronunciation is, that A with the I, A. So, yes, you hear a lot of Canadians say something, 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 A. I'm, it, it sounds like there's a question mark at the end. Uh, I am here in anticipation of of your your agreement your the listener's agreement did you hear what i said do you agree with what i say a i wonder what the uh the history the culture the cultural history of that is where did that come from was it just one person who said that all the time and then it just spread through the land i don't know um so yeah used to ask for confirmation or repetition like oh okay so confirmation a did you hear what i said you confirm what i said or repetition so can you please repeat that what did you say a maybe Uh, or to express inquiry inquiry I am asking about something eh? a I don't think I'm going to add this to my vocabulary but I like I like that it exists very much a yeah a and of course the first uh, the first pronunciation just says a long a that's what it is a but then the AI, I don't know about that one. It says it's from Middle English, spelled EY, so maybe that's also A. So yeah, this goes back, back a ways, A, eh? from the 13th century. Uh, should I change my sound effect to that? Maybe I should. A? Eh? Next is EHF, abbreviation for extremely high frequency. This podcast has. An EHF of episodes. There, it's a high frequency. Up until the E's, it was every day of the week, and now it's five days a week. Extremely high frequency. I don't think that's what we're talking about. It's probably like, you know, sound, some sort of vibration has a very high frequency. Eh? Next, oh, this is... We're getting to some really fun pronunciation words here. This one is... Ehrlichiosis. Yes, Ehrlichiosis. E-H-R-L-I-C-H-I-O-S-I-S. Noun. From. 1965. The plural is erlichiosis Ehrlichioses. So this is an infection with or disease caused by tick-borne bacteria. You gotta you gotta be careful when you're in areas that have ticks. Uh, I was just uh, my one of my coworkers just said that they have a they love insects, but they have a huge fear of ticks. And you know they're they're spread in things like Lyme disease, uh, this thing, ehrlichiosis. Doesn't sound good. I don't want it. Uh, and so yeah, if you're going out in nature, especially, uh, watch out for the ticks. Uh, this is from the genus uh, Erlichia. And they are of the family Anaplasmataceae. <laughs> I just like to say sounds funny. Okay, Anaplasmataceae. I'm just going to say that's correct. Uh, let's see. This is from uh, Erlichia. That is the bacteria genus, as we said. But the, the, there was somebody who named this. Somebody got to name this. It is Paul Ehrlich, E H R L-I-C-H. So this whole this whole thing is uh, from this dude, Paul. Paul Ehrlich. Doesn't say who he was, what he was doing, when he lived, uh, but uh, I would assume he lived in the 20th century. Maybe he's still alive. I don't know. Should we phone him up? Eh? Next is E-H-V, the last E-H word. Abbreviation for extra high voltage. We got some extra high voltage up in here. A? All right, here is our EI section, which is going to go for um, in the, about a, halfway through. So, all of the next episode and halfway through the next one. I don't know why you need to know this. Okay, the first of the EI words is icosanoid. Icosanoid. E I C O S A. N o i d, icosanoid, noun from 1980, the year me was born. This is any of a class of compounds, as the prostaglandins, derived from polyunsaturated unsaturated fatty acids, and involved in cellular activity. And uh, examples of these polyunsaturated fatty acids are arachidonic acid. I guess that's one of them. Uh, okay, well, so it's, uh, it's a bunch of compounds from these fatty acids, and they're involved in cellular activity. So the, the stuff, the cells in your body, are this is somehow related to that. The name is from the prefix icosa, that's the first uh, six letters. Uh, and that it means it's containing 20 atoms, 20 atoms, and that is from the Greek icosa, which means 20. And so icosa, uh, it just it just means 20. So if I guess if you see that, it means 20 in some way. But specifically here, it's got 20 atoms. and then there's the Noic suffix, uh, and uh, that's kind of it. Uh, there's more at the word vig-ge-simal? vigesimal vigesimal v i g e s i m a l vigesimal I don't know what that word is. Uh eicosanoid. yep okay well what what's another word that might be related possibly maybe A eh? This word is fun to say. Icosapentaenoic acid. Icosa Eicosapente- Pentaenoic acid. Whew, that's a long word. E I C O S A. That's the 20 prefix. And then we have P E N T A E N O I C. Icosa pentaenoic acid. It's an acid. Noun from 1969. An omega 3 fatty acid. C 20 H 30 O 2 found especially in fish oils. Uh, Let's see. I couldn't give you any more information than that. Now, if you are a chemistry person, you could probably figure out all the different parts of this word. Um, I don't know what they mean, but I'll tell you. Of course, we have the icosa prefix, which means 20. That's probably the 20 carbons there. Um, Then penta, that probably means five. That's the next part of the word. And then any, E-N-E. It's not a it's not a one-to-one, like they changed the spelling of these, but these are the different parts of the word that it that they took to make the final word. So icosa, penta, any, E-N-E, and then Oic, O-I-C, and that's the suffix that's used uh, for like fatty acids. That's what the previous word said. And there's more again at the word vegesimal. Don't know what it is. Eh, eh, eh? I messed it up. The next word is eider. E-I-D-E-R. It looks like cider. Like I had some cider last night. Uh, but uh, this one, instead of a C at the beginning, it's an E. But it is pronounced this, essentially the same way. Eider. Cider, eider. Noun from 1743. one. Any of several large northern sea ducks, yeah, like quack quack duck, having fine soft down that is used by the female for lining the nest. Whoa, interesting. Uh, It is called also eider duck. So the female duck, I guess they take the down from their own body and Fill, it, fill the nest so it's nice and comfy for the little ducklings. Um, I would I would guess that maybe some of the uh, the down just sort of comes off naturally and molting and stuff. Or maybe when they're pregnant, their body knows to maybe release some of it. I have no idea. But I wouldn't be surprised if they pull it off themselves as well. Um, so eider duck, uh, large northern sea duck. Maybe I'll post a picture on social media. I don't know what they look like. Are they different looking than the, your, your standard duck? What is even, even a standard duck? I don't know. Uh, they are from the genera somateria and also palistica, palistica, something like that. Uh, number two for eider is the number one definition for eiderdown, which is one word, which is our next word. But real quick, let's take a look at the etymology. Um this is this is so different than normal. It says Dutch, German or Swedish from the Icelandic word Aithur A E T H U R. You don't see a lot of Icelandic in here. They're the only ones. How did an Icelandic word get spread to Swedish, German, Dutch, English? Interesting. Uh but it is from the Old Norse Aithur. Uh, so I think Icelandic kind of came from Old Norse. That makes sense to me. Um, and so is either, either, uh, and then eider. And uh, I guess that's it. I never heard of an eider duck, eh? The next word is eider down. Eider down. One word noun from 1774. I think you can see where this is going. One. The down of the eider. Two, a comforter, yeah, a comforter filled with Eiderdown. I suspect that there are a lot of these in, oh, maybe um, the uh, Sweden, Iceland, uh, that sort of region. That's probably where you get a lot of this Eiderdown comforters. Number three, a soft, lightweight clothing fabric knitted or woven and napped on one or both sides, and uh, could it be made from Eiderdown? I don't know. Maybe I don't really know how the fabricy things work. Uh, the etymology, you not know, not much. Uh, German from Eiderdown, Icelandic, Eithardun, uh, from Eithor, which means plus dune, which means down, and that is that for Eiderdown. Eiderdown, eh? Next is. Eidetic, eidetic, adjective from circa 1924, marked by or involving extraordinarily accurate and vivid recall, especially of visual images, as in, ho oh, ho, I never heard of this before, an eidetic memory. Could this be what we also call a photographic memory, where you see something and then you you don't and then you don't physically see it anymore but you can see it in your mind mind i don't know why i didn't say the d there uh so this is interesting i never heard of this word eidetic in terms of this extraordinarily accurate and vivid recall so i don't think that i have this exactly i don't think i have extraordinarily accurate or vivid recall but there are certain things i feel like i got a pretty good visual memory i can I can sort of see things in my mind because I'm a much more of a visual person than like a wordy person. Um, but definitely not idetic. Idetically is an ad, adverb and where does this word come from? It's from the Greek idetikos which means of a form. That's what it means, of a form, which is from eidos which means form and there's more at the word wise. So I guess if people had this type of memory, they were considered very wise because it was probably abnormal, sort of different from how everybody else could remember things. So oh, you are smart. You've got this eidetic memory. Where where? How how did you remember these things? You are so smart and wise. I don't know. Uh, the 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 connection to of a form to having this type of memory, this recall, I'm. Not, Of a form, is it like you can, you remember the form? I don't really know what the connection is there, but I don't know, something happened there. Eidetic, that's a good word to remember. A? Next is eidolon, E-I-D-O-L-O-N, noun from 1828. One, an unsubstantial image. The synonym is phantom. So I think of this as being like maybe a little transparent, a little ghostly, um, unsubstantial. So it's not super solid. Um, there is no example of like how you would use this in context. Uh, it's it is a noun. So an idolin, that's the word, right? Idolin. Hmm. An idolin. Interesting. Uh, number two, the synonym is ideal. I-D-E-A-L, ideal. Hmm, yeah, no, no more context there, so I'm not entirely sure how you would use these in sentences. Uh, the first one, I guess, you'd say, I saw an eidolon over there. I saw this this phantom, this uh, shadow figure, maybe. I guess that's another word for that. Um, let's see, let's look at the uh, the etymology. I hope this is interesting. Not really. <laughs> it's from the Greek, eidolon, you can see the a connection here. All these words are from Greek, uh, and there's more at the word idle, idol, i d o l. So, hmm. I mean, I see the connection from a spelling and a pronunciation way. I'm trying to think of how you, well, ideal. I don't know. I think there's a lot more to this word than the book is saying. It's an interesting one, idolin. Uh, the the plural I just saw this the plural could be idolins with an S or idola. You can change the O N to an A. Idola. You got lots lots of idols, lots of un, uh, unsubstantial images, lots of ideals. Idola. That is that's a good one, eh? Next is eigenmode. E I G E N M O D E. Uh, one word, I'm going into my eigenmode. Noun from 1972. A normal mode of vibration of an oscillating system. Normal mode, that's what it is. Eigenmode, normal mode. But, you know, specifically in this context, we're talking about um, a system that oscillates. It, it, it rotates, it's repetitive, it's the same kind of thing over and over again, like a fan oscillates um, and it's the normal mode of vibration in that repeating oscillating system eigen mode it's not beast mode its eigen mode uh, the etymology isn't very helpful but we do have a couple of related words that might give us a bit more information so let's read those hey so next is eigenvalue. we're gonna do all the eigen words here in this episode Eigenvalue, one word, noun. From 1927, so eigenmode was 1972. Eigenvalue was 1927. A good of uh, what 40, 40, 40, 45 years. My my brain and my math and my mouth weren't working well together. Okay, eigenvalue, a scalar. S-C-A-L-A-R, a -A a scalar, associated with a given linear transformation of a vector space and having the property that there is some non-zero vector which, when multiplied by the scalar, is equal to the vector obtained by letting the transformation operate on the vector. That's the end of the sentence. I hope I didn't skip any lines. Do we need to read this one again? It's like down far in the page. Okay. A scalar associated with a given linear transformation of a vector space and having the property that there is some non-zero vector which, when multiplied by the scalar, is equal to the vector obtained by letting the transformation operate on the vector, especially a root of the characteristic equation of a matrix. And I don't know what that means. Ah, okay. Uh, it's math. Uh, maybe I'll find a link, uh, maybe Wikipedia or something, and put it in the show notes so you can learn more about eigenvalue. Where does this come from? Well, it is uh, looks like it's some sort of translation or something of the uh, German eigenwert with a that's a w eigenwert which is from Eigen, I guess that's German, which means own, like my own, my precious, own, or peculiar, own or peculiar, plus vert, which means value. So it's its own value, it's a peculiar value, I guess, I don't know, own and peculiar, that's a peculiar connection. I don't understand any of that, So we got to go to our last word, a, 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 A. A. yeah. It's the last word, eigenvector, one word, e, i, g, e, n, v, e, c, t, o, r, noun from 1941, so this one's right in the middle between eigenvalue and eigenmode. We got eigenvector, and of course, the eigenvalue uh, definition uh, mentioned vector multiple times, It is gonna be as complicated as the last one, just shorter. A non-zero vector that is mapped by a given linear transformation of a vector space onto a vector that is the product of a scalar multiplied by the original vector, called also characteristic vector. And I just can't help you about any more than that. I'm so, so sorry. Oh, yes, this ended up being another long episode. Uh, so, what do we got to do? We got to pick a word of the episode. We had Egyptian, Egyptian, Egyptian alfalfa weevil, Egyptian clover, Egyptian cotton, Egyptology, A, EHF, Erlichiosis, EHV, Icosanoid, eicosapentaenoic acid, Eider, Eiderdown, Eidetic, Eidolon, Eigenmode, Eigenvalue, Eigenvector. Ooh, I'm, I'm debating between a couple. Um, you know, I, I do enjoy all the Egypt stuff. Uh, I think that's fascinating. It's a fascinating world and culture. Uh, but I don't, I never cared enough to study it. Uh, but I'm thinking about either A or idetic. Well, I used a as my sound effect, so it got a lot of love. so I'm gonna have to pick idetic as the word of the episode., um, It's just a fascinating idea that uh, people have such a good visual brain memory they they can see things in their brain so good. And I'm not at that level, but but uh, but yeah, I think it's so cool. Uh, okay, okay. so like, like if somebody is describing something to me, like, oh, we went to this place, we met these people, uh, we saw this movie. I need to see it. I need a visual memory. So, like, if I don't remember a movie, I need to start looking at photos of the movie. Oh, yeah, I remember this. But, like, just the word, the title, the name of it isn't necessarily going to remind me of the whole movie. Um, I'm a such a such a visual person in that way. So, I, I do like this word, uh, eidetic. I don't have eidetic memory, but I can kind of see things when I close my eyes. Eidetic memory is really cool, but I don't have it totally. All right. That was fine. Uh, Let's uh, quickly say another movie I watched, which is Laura. Oh, okay. It's another one. I remember seeing it. I can't visually see it, so I don't remember it at all. Uh, My note here, uh, sometimes I write a little note. uh, I said, any Twin Peaks fan... It's starting to come back. Yes. Okay. I do remember. I do remember. Yep. 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 I'm I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to get it. Um, Visually, this is from 1944, I think, and visually, it's beautiful. Black and white. There are certain moments when... They just create this beautiful composition with uh, the the people and, and the, the things on the wall and the camera, the lighting, the shadows, and they just sort of sit there and they're like, look at this beautiful image, and then they move on. Uh, I, I distinctly remember that while watching the movie. So it's a good, good watch. I do believe uh, that is possibly uh, somewhat inspired or is somewhat an inspiration for uh twin peaks the name at the very least so yeah go watch laura from 1944 this is the end of the episode thank you very much for listening and until next possibly watching until next time this is spencer dispensing information bye